SCP-6004 The Rainbow Serpent Part 1 Most monsters in the SCP universe fall into a couple categories. One is a smaller entity that is dangerous on a small scale, killing people one at a time or small groups at a time, and is generally easily enough to be contained by the Foundation. Another are the world-ending threats, the eldritch abominations and unknowable anomalies lurking at the periphery that can easily wipe out all of humanity, and generally do. But sometimes you get some unique monsters that fall somewhere in between. SCP-6004 is what most would consider to be a kaiju, a giant monster on the scale of Godzilla or Ghidorah although perhaps a bit larger and more destructive than those. It also has a rather particular motive for its destruction, and it's this motive that the Foundation is going to have to contemplate as they engage in warfare with it. Let's dive in. SCP-6004's object class is listed as Uncontainable slash Tiamat, meaning that It can't be contained without engaging in activities that would break the veil and bring awareness of anomalies to the public. The containment procedures expound on this a little, stating that despite their best efforts, 6004 remains uncontainable until such a time that drastically more powerful containment measures are made available or SCP-6004 returns to an inactive state of its own accord. As such, current containment procedures revolve around the preparation for such a time, and minimizing collateral damage caused by its current state. SCP-6004 is a massive, serpentine entity of variable size, measuring between 0.2 and 1900 kilometers in length, with mass proportional to its length. While its physiology varies from resembling various Australian snakes, its coloration has consistently been primarily black, with dull prismatic stripes running vertically down its length, with a pale underbelly. It also possesses a pair of horns and a larger array of teeth, more than what would be expected or biologically possible in non-anomalous snakes. Its horns feature thousands of engraved depictions of wildlife. It's capable of moving at abnormally fast speeds, often in excess of 1,200 kilometers per hour on land, and more than twice that underwater. This movement often creates large rifts in the terrain and tsunamis in the water, along with sonic concussions both in and out of the water. It also exhibits strength and durability far beyond what its proportions would suggest, capable of destroying mountains, throwing itself into the upper troposphere, and a bite force strong enough to crush the Foundation's mech units. It is also able to fly while in the air in a fashion similar to swimming. By maintaining consciousness, 6004 is able to alter weather patterns and atmosphere conditions on a global scale at will primarily by exerting a mild cooling effect on the Earth's average temperature by 2 degrees Celsius. 
This effect varies in intensity and effect locally, with the most significant changes being intensified snowfall in the glacial areas and poles, increased rainfall in arid areas, and severe thunderstorms globally. The most threatening way it uses this ability is by generating dangerous weather conditions directly in its line of sight, often in response to outside stimulus or its theoretical emotional state. This most commonly takes the form of severe thunderstorms, hurricanes, torrential rain, and the generation of extremely large waves. It uses this ability primarily as a form of offense, typically striking cities, mines, and power plants with severe weather events before striking physically. Rain generated this way has been observed to spontaneously generate plant life within its area of effect, and this plant life has been observed to grow extremely rapidly and is at times hostile to human life. Lastly, 6004 seems to possess a form of selective tangibility, able to cause damage selectively, seemingly choosing which structures are destroyed or left unharmed during a physical assault, and often using the ability when swallowing organic materials, primarily animals, while avoiding swallowing earth or buildings. It is known to consume living humans when besieging populated areas, and is often observed regurgitating various fauna local to the immediate area. So, it's a massive serpent that can generate incredible weather patterns and seems to have a bit of hatred for human life and civilization. Of course, the Rainbow Serpent is an entity from Australian Aboriginal mythology, often regarded as a creator deity. It is a giver of life, but can be destructive if angered, bringing forth thunder and lightning. It seems that the Rainbow Serpent has been angered. We're given a statement from site director Alan Tibbles on the matter, in which he says that prior to 6004's discovery in March of 2020, there was a lot of discussion within the Foundation regarding how much humanitarian aid to provide towards fighting the 2019-2020 Australian bushfires. They knew it wasn't their problem to deal with, but it's human nature to want to help one another, and in the case of those at the Australian sites, their homelands. Despite his own feelings towards the matter, those at Site 40 were spread too thin to offer any more than nominal support to firefighters and rescue groups, particularly with the growing concern that they had towards the unusual seismic activity being felt around the Australian continent. They knew it was anomalous, and emails and communications were sent back and forth discussing what to do. Ultimately, survey teams were dispatched to find the source, but this was less than successful due to the fires. They decided to wait until things calmed down before trying again, but they all know now what a mistake that was. Tibble says that the lesson to be learned here is simple. They need to stop working around the poor decisions made by the non-anomalous world and act more directly. Had they done that, they wouldn't be in the mess they now find themselves in. Beginning in December of 1988, unusual seismic activity began to be detected throughout mainland Australia, particularly around the eastern coast of New South Wales. Initially this wasn't believed to be anomalous, so it was ignored, 
But over the following years, this seismic activity grew in intensity and frequency, until finally in 2019, it was decided that investigators would be dispatched from Site 40 to investigate. Investigation showed that the source of the activity was located within Wolomai National Park, an area comprised of around 500,000 hectares of wilderness located between the Blue Mountains. Investigations were halted before more precise measurements could be taken due to the bushfires, when intense wildfires affected the area in question, and it was decided that investigation would resume upon the fires being put under control. While waiting for conditions to improve, drastically more intense seismic activity was detected from within the area, culminating when firefighter Mark Delaney was reported to have disobeyed orders while attempting the rescue of a panicked civilian who had fled into dangerous terrain within the national park. The subsequent events led to SCP-6004 emerging from a subterranean cavern and departing the area. Foundation investigation into this event uncovered the remains of Mr. Delaney pinned beneath a large granite boulder, close to the ruined entrance to a large subterranean cabin, surrounded by evidence of rock slides and an emergence event. His remains revealed a portable video camera worn on his helmet, which captured the events following his attempted rescue of the as-yet-unknown civilian leading up to the emergence of SCP-6004. In the video, Delaney is working with other firefighters to suppress the fires, in poor visibility. He's requesting support from another firefighter in retrieving a ladder from a truck when an unidentified woman is seen running towards the flames. He calls out for her to stop, but she appears unable to hear him and is in a highly panicked state. She continues into the woodland at speed, with Delaney giving chase. Another firefighter can faintly be heard calling for him to stop. The woman is heard calling out to someone named Jamie as Delaney enters the woodland, obscuring the camera's view with smoke and embers. He continues chasing her, occasionally swearing, falling once but continuing after her. He occasionally loses sight of her but continues running for another minute and a half before entering a clearing on the edge of a ravine. Past the ravine, a mass of flaming wilderness can be seen, and the woman is cowering at the edge. Delaney approaches the woman, grabbing her and examining her, but she appears hysterical and unresponsive to his questioning. He lifts the woman out of frame and turns to begin carrying her back, but the camera swings over the edge of the ravine and shows a large reptilian mass partially exposed by a fissure in the ground. The reptilian mass then shifts, with the movement seemingly causing another earth tremor. Delaney stumbles, hanging onto the ground, as a jutting ledge on the opposite side of the ravine splits from the surrounding earth, with several flaming trees falling onto the scaled mass. The mass flinches away from the burning vegetation, and much more severe tremors begin. An extremely loud roaring sound can be heard cutting out the audio for the remainder of the footage as the scaled mass retreats beneath the earth. The camera then looks towards the sky, showing several lightning flashes through the smoke as rain begins to fall. The earth tremors worsen, and the camera moves back to the ravine to show a much larger mass emerging from the earth, 
resulting in the upheaval of a significant quantity of stone and earth. Frame-by-frame -frame analysis shows that the mass is the head of SCP-6004, on fire and visibly roaring. Delaney and the woman are thrown back, with the camera pointed to the sky. The serpent can be seen rising into the air before disappearing in the smoke. Torrential rain begins to fall into the frame, and the flames recede. Following the emergence of the serpent, severe thunderstorms rapidly formed over the areas affected by the bushfires, effectively dousing them by mid-March. While the Foundation began to track the serpent, investigation revealed that areas affected by these thunderstorms began to exhibit anomalously rapid plant growth. Additionally, both Foundation and mundane weather monitoring organizations detected a reversing of global warming trends. Initially, the serpent remained airborne within these thunderstorms, which progressively expanded in area and began appearing further and further from the location of its origin point. Foundation monitors quickly realized that the anomalous rains formed by it were mainly forming above areas affected by desertification and deforestation. During the initial phase of it remaining within Australian borders, these storms covered thousands of square kilometers of farmland, forests, residential areas, and cities. This was accompanied by large-scale destruction of property as large trees displaced structures. Multiple Foundation sites were mobilized to aid in the search, rescue, and relocation efforts in aid of those affected with global occult coalition forces also offering support. Meanwhile, multiple unsuccessful efforts were made by the Foundation to neutralize the Serpent, which had been determined to be the logical cause of these events. Their efforts were typically met with violence from the Snake, often in the form of lightning strikes or bites. It was during one of these failed attempts that the Serpent was first observed to attack a human settlement. On March 27th, around six weeks after its initial appearance, it directly attacked the city of Canberra. At 10.47am, intense thunderstorms formed over the city, with wind speeds measuring over 140 kilometers per hour. This was promptly followed by the serpent descending from the clouds and making landfall, having attained an unknown size and mass. It proceeded to strike and bite the ground across the city, swallowing a great measure of infrastructure as well as the city's inhabitants. Notably, it targeted Parliament House in particular, flinging most of the building and its occupants into the air with extreme force, with some debris and individuals later being seen orbiting Earth. This attack prompted response from multiple Foundation MTFs, including both ETA-5, Jaeger Bombers, and Tau-5, Samsara, but by the time of their arrival, the Serpent had departed and 74% of the city was destroyed, with 197,000 people missing. No bodies were located, and survivors were subjected to mass amnestization with the cover story of an asteroid impact. Despite renewed efforts from both the Foundation and the GOC to neutralize, redirect, or otherwise contain the Serpent, it continued to attack human settlements, 
largely targeting cities, mines, areas of intense pollution, and coal power plants. Each of these attacks resulted in the majority of the population of the given area being consumed by the snake, with surviving surveillance footage showing the snake to be simultaneously tangible and intangible, as it visibly phased through structures believed to have been deliberately left intact by the entity. Following these attacks, the serpent has always been observed to travel to remote locations and regurgitate consumed materials. Ensuing investigation into these sightings showed drastically increased wildlife populations in areas where the snake was seen to vomit, as well as increased fertility in the soil. Due to the scale of the damage, survivors began to be housed in safer areas of locations previously attacked. Temporary power sources became necessary on a large scale due to the disruption to power grids, with many turning to solar power. During resettlement, many survivors and Foundation staff reported a large increase in the populations of native wildlife, which did not interfere in resettlement efforts. In late February, the Foundation, the GOC, Marshall Carter and Dark, and a major sect of the Church of the Broken God came to a truce so as to determine a method of control and containment for the snake. A think tank was organized involving various experts from across the four groups to try and establish a working theory as to the nature of 6004. Each group independently presented noteworthy similarities between 6004 and Australian Aboriginal Dreamtime stories of the Rainbow Serpent. Research into all available folklore and consultation with relevant unaffiliated persons was initiated with the goal to find a ritual or other avenue of interference that could be used in the entity's containment. Parallel with the think tank, the Foundation and GOC began expedited development of experimental weaponry, designed with the assumptions that 6004 shared metaphysical similarities with some other redacted entity. This project came to be known as Project Mongoose. Following the destruction of Sydney, an investigatory unit operating out of Site 40 was deployed to the area in an attempt to gather any information possible about 6004 and its effect on areas attacked by it. As this was the first major city to be destroyed, it was hoped that some significant information would be discovered. The team arrived in northern Sydney and were instructed to head for Rushcutters Bay via the city centre as the destruction was particularly intense in the former region. The team was instructed to document and mark the locations of any notable anomalies that had resulted from the serpent's attack, as well as mark survivors' locations with flares for Foundation rescue teams. We're provided with a transcript of a video taken from Captain John Verco's body camera, starting with them traveling on foot through Sydney's city centre. Much of the surrounding structures are severely damaged by emerging plant life, particularly large eucalyptus trees, along with signs of massive impact events. There is steady rain and occasional flashes of lightning. One agent is using a chainsaw to remove fallen timbers from their path, and as they continue on they notice a number of koalas within the treetops looking down at them noting that they definitely weren't living here before. 
They see wildlife frequently as they continue, with the animals universally avoiding the team, except for multiple snakes which raise their heads and watch the team pass. Suddenly, they see a large mass moving behind some vegetation, so they attempt to flush it out by tossing a stone. There's a dull thud and a deep grunting sound from the bushes as the creature begins moving towards the team, forcing them into cover. A large, brown, furred quadruped emerges from the bushes, approximately two meters tall, snorting and grunting. It stops upon reaching the clearing where the team is, and looks around. One of the team asks if it's a giant wombat, but Command has no knowledge of it, with one researcher commenting that it looks like reconstructions of Diprotodon, an extinct giant wombat. It begins to snort and throw its head in the air aggressively, pawing at the ground and approaching one of the agents. He aims his weapon at it and begins backing away, but the animal follows. The captain tells him to slowly back away and to stop shouting, so he does so. The animal stops before roaring at him, and after a moment it snorts and begins eating grass before returning to the bushes. The team decides to keep moving, as they don't want to be here if the serpent comes back. They continue towards Rushcutter's Bay, eventually reaching the edge of a large crater formed by the serpent striking at the earth. Trees and vines can be seen growing visibly larger within the crater, and kangaroos are foraging among the area. One of the team asks how big the snake has to be to do this, with the captain responding that it varies between 400 meters to over a thousand kilometers long. Virko tells Command that they're going to need to detour around the crater, with Command advising that they've detected movement in the trees and buildings above them. They continue along the lip of the crater, before coming to a ruined apartment block overhanging the edge. A group of large kangaroos, approximately 2.5 meters tall, are grazing beside it, looking over at the team. The team goes around them, as a researcher at command says that these are an extinct, short-faced kangaroo. One of the agents then spots a moderately large animal emerging from a hole in the wall of an apartment building, its eyes reflecting the light into the camera. The team takes cover and aims their weapons toward it as it slowly climbs down the side of the building towards the kangaroos. One of the team remarks that it looks like that thing up in Canada, referencing SCP-4715, but the researcher says that it's a marsupial lion, a powerful predator. The animal proceeds to drop from the building onto the back of one of the large kangaroos, grabbing it and biting it around the neck. The others scatter rapidly, fleeing into the trees, as the lion kills the kangaroo and drags its carcass back up the side of the apartment block. Two smaller marsupial lions can be seen at the edge of the hole, where the larger one emerged from, vocalizing loudly. The rest of the team covers the captain as he moves to recover the kangaroo's severed head, and as he picks it up and moves to place it in a containment pouch, one of the team notices something quite odd about it. The head of the short-faced kangaroo bears a tattoo 
on its brow ridge, consisting of the words live, laugh, love, and a stylized human skull. The log ends here, and following review of the footage, the tattoos were matched to those on John Baring, a tattoo artist whose body was not recovered following the snake's attack on Sydney. It's now believed that all animals emerging in the wake of SCP-6004 attacks are people that have been transfigured into wildlife within SCP-6004 before being regurgitated. So, not only is there a massive snake rampaging across Australia, it's also swallowing people by the thousands and turning them into various forms of animals. It seems like a very difficult task for the Foundation to keep this all under wraps, and on June 5th, Site Director Alan Tibbles released another statement, which reads, Things haven't gone well. From the total loss of Australia, the discovery that it's eating us and vomiting us up as animals, and the veil of secrecy being annihilated, it has been a bad few months. I know many of you don't believe that we can turn this around, but you're wrong. The Foundation has always managed to tip the scales back to our favor. Time and again we have contained the uncontainable, and recontained it when it escaped. We have saved humanity time and again from extinction. We have handled the whims of mad gods and bent the will of world governments. We have restarted the world a time or two. So I say this, we will rebuild what this snake has destroyed. We will find its weakness, and we will lock it away. We will begin again, using anomalous means until we're back on our feet. And when the work is done, we will help the world to forget the horror that we have faced these past few months. But right now the big job is still ahead of us. We are continuing to build upon our weapons and containment experiments. We are learning more every day about SCP-6004, and we are getting closer to the answers we need. I just need you to dig deep and do our part in bringing this thing down. Yes, it has shrugged off all our efforts thus far, and yes, it is attacking settlements on a near global scale now. But now the veil is down. We don't have to pull our punches anymore. We can throw all we have at it. We can take what we have learned in this document, forge it into a weapon, and use it to win. So now it seems that the snake has gone beyond Australia and is attacking places across the world. This is pretty bad, obviously, but now the Foundation can really go after it without worrying about keeping things a secret. In the weeks following the destruction of Sydney, 6004 went on to not only attack all other major Australian settlements, but extended its range into Asia, Europe, Africa, and Antarctica, where it behaved similarly. While the Foundation and the GOC did make hundreds of attempts to stop, incapacitate, neutralize, or otherwise contain it through various means, including but not limited to the use of mechs, L-guns, high-energy concentration orbital railguns, and Class Sigma autocannons, it continued to attack settlements with impunity. 
The death toll so far is believed to be in the billions. Worldwide, it has now lowered the average global temperature by 0.7 degrees Celsius, replenished glacial and polar ice, and refilled depleted lakes and river systems. Much of the world's deforestation has been reversed, and dozens of species of wildlife have been declared to be no longer endangered or extinct. It's estimated that over 40% of human metropolitan areas have been rendered uninhabitable within 6004's area of effect, and relocation projects have been made a priority. Due to the serpent's targeting of dams, coal fire plants, and large cities, Numerous temporary solar power arrays and nuclear power plants have been erected worldwide to cope with power demands, and both the Foundation and the GOC have resorted to anomalous means of food production to aid in the supply of rations to refugees. The handling of governments worldwide has become a priority, as many nations have moved to defend themselves from the serpent militarily. The GOC has volunteered to use its UN channels to manage the issue, with the focus being on ensuring global government's priority is on the rescue and shelter of citizens rather than the bolstering of military forces, which has thus far proven ineffective at best and provocative at worst. While media suppression was possible in the weeks immediately following the snake's emergence, albeit extremely difficult, the expanding area subjected to the snake's attacks has made it impossible to conceal. As of now, the veil of secrecy is to be considered broken, and no further efforts to conceal the existence or effects of SCP-6004 are being made, as this has been deemed a waste of Foundation resources. It's hoped that the lowered global population may aid in global amnestization programs in the event that SCP-6004 be successfully contained or neutralized. That's a rather grim way to look at things, I suppose. We're next given a list of locations around the world where the serpent has either attacked or otherwise affected in some way. It's noted that hundreds of examples have been omitted from this list for the sake of brevity, so needless to say, the snake has been very active. In Canberra, Australia, 6004 landed on the city and rapidly struck at it with its mouth, accompanied by hurricane-force winds and thunderstorms. The death toll was nearly 200,000, and the snake appeared to target Parliament House in particular, a trend seen reflected in subsequent attacks on capital cities. In Sydney, 6004 remained in the clouds, only striking the ground occasionally while tsunamis flooded the city. Over 3 million were lost, and the offices of major mining and oil companies were specifically targeted with physical strikes from the snake, as was the area of Rushcutters Bay, with temperate forests rapidly taking hold afterwards. Over in Hong Kong, the serpent directly attacked the city after multiple days of severe storms and monsoons. It dropped its tail into the sea and swept multiple massive waves at Hong Kong Island before landing its entire mass between Hong Kong Island and Kowloon. Over 6 million were lost, and multiple waves were reported to exceed 200 meters in height. 
Despite the thoroughness of the attack, however, multiple skyscrapers remained standing. On the flip side, the Aral Sea between Kazakhstan and Uzbekistan was refilled by rainstorms over a period of nine months. Lightning strikes and flood damage caused much of the Soviet irrigation systems responsible for the drainage of the sea to be destroyed, allowing water flow to return to pre-Soviet routes. A perpetual rainstorm has also now formed over the Great Pacific Garbage Patch, with plastics and other debris hit by this rain being observed to transform into multiple different forms of marine life, including fish, cetaceans, coral polyps, jellyfish, and something redacted from the record. Another direct attack occurred at the Three Gorges Dam in China, with the snake destroying the entire structure. Following the impact, 37 billion cubic meters of water flooded down the Yangtze River with widespread flooding in six different provinces. Multiple cities and other dams were destroyed in the process, resulting in over 400 million deaths. Despite multiple drainage attempts prior to the attack, the perpetual thunderstorms to the north of the river caused by 6004 had caused the dam's reservoir to be extremely full. At a coal fire power plant in Taiwan, multiple lightning strikes entered the plant, causing a series of steam explosions. The precise nature of the rapid lightning strike suggests that 6004 is able to understand the plant's function by unknown means. The 11 glaciers atop Mount Kenya in Kenya began rapidly expanding at the same time as the serpent awoke, and it's estimated that all of the glaciers will return to their pre-1890 levels by 2030. A nuclear processing plant in Russia was attacked by the snake, in which it proceeded to swallow multiple structures, including multiple disused nuclear reactors and waste storage tanks. Thunderstorms here also caused rapid plant growth, and foundation investigations following the attack showed that nuclear contamination in the region has reduced drastically. In the Sahel region in North Africa, long periods of rainstorms formed over the entire region, triggering anomalously rapid plant growth and soil revitalization. The serpent itself directly struck several communities, swallowing and transfiguring nearly a million people into wildlife. As a result, an area of 650,000 square kilometers that had previously been seriously affected by desertification reverted to semi-tropical forests and bushlands. The Congo Basin in Central Africa experienced a widespread reforestation as a result of the rainstorms, and multiple settlements within the area previously within forest boundaries were attacked, with over 48 million transfigured. An area of 148,000 square kilometers had been converted to rainforest, and numerous endangered and previously extinct animals have been reported to be inhabiting the area in large numbers. In an area of grazing lands in eastern Australia, the snake directly attacked over a period of several weeks, consuming over 70 million livestock animals before rainstorms triggered the growth of native flora in the form of temperate forests. 
Wildlife regurgitated in this area has primarily been previously extinct animals, and has drastically changed the local environment. The presence of numerous specimens of carnivorous megafauna in the area has rendered it unlikely to be resettled in the future. The serpent flew over much of Antarctica, causing increased snowfall and causing increased auroras over the southern pole. The increased snowfall resulted in the reformation of approximately 3 trillion tons of ice. It was also seen to circle Mount Sidley, a dormant volcano, for 19 days, although the reason for this is currently unknown despite Foundation investigation. At an offshore oil platform in the Republic of Angola, the serpent attacked the platform from below the surface of the sea, physically pulling it beneath the surface and repeatedly slamming it into the seafloor. Structure remnants rapidly converted to coral reef over the following months, and it's theorized that the immense pressure generated by 6004's body mass crushing the station has effectively plugged the oil well. At an open pit mine in Papua New Guinea, rainstorms formed over the mine pit and surrounding areas, but did not cause plant growth. Instead, it detoxified the soil contaminated by mining waste. The serpent then approached the mine via a river and swallowed much of the contaminated riverbed before emerging and proceeding to fill in the mine with surrounding earth before departing. The rainforest regrew in the area following the attack, and pollution levels in the nearby rivers has dropped to nearly zero. At a landfill in Italy, thunderstorms appeared over the area, with the rains converting much of the waste into fungus, trees, and insects. A large portion of the waste was converted into wasps and bees, resulting in vastly increased natural pollination. In India, the serpent physically entered the Ganges Delta via the Bay of Bengal, attacking numerous settlements before swimming up the river at low speed over the course of 24 days. It was observed to have its mouth open, with its lower jaw scraping the riverbed and swallowing it, with its entire mass filling the river. It repeatedly attacked structures and settlements on the banks of the river, resulting in the destruction of multiple dams and the loss of over 250 million people. Notably, the serpent did not harm an organization dedicated to the conservation and cleaning of the Ganges River during this attack. Military forces repeatedly attempted to intercept and attack the serpent, but were either ignored or crushed in the process. Following its departure, the Ganges River was found to be clean and heavily populated by fish and dolphins. Over in Tanzania, rainfall over a region of wilderness was reported similar to other affected areas, but induced changes in local wildlife. Animals killed by human activities such as poaching and trophy hunting were observed to recover, in some cases multiple times. Following wildlife recovery, Massively increased aggression towards humans has been observed, with numerous reports of lions, leopards, hyenas, and elephant attacks occurring daily. Glaciers in the Himalayan mountain range also expanded when 6004 awoke, 
and rainfall in the area introduced forests to areas affected by deforestation. Multiple settlements were converted to wildlife, with similar aggression and regenerative abilities seen in Tanzania, Siberia, and the Ganges, with a total of 28 million lost. Very curiously, numerous reports of SCP-1000 sightings in the region were noted. Finally, thunderstorms formed over numerous palm oil plantations in Indonesia, causing native vegetation to rapidly grow in an area exceeding 280,000 hectares. Native vegetation grown in this way was seen actively strangling oil palms, and 6004 was observed to strike at the workers on these plantations from the air, consuming them. These areas were frequently revisited by SCP-6004 for the purpose of regurgitating consumed individuals in the form of native wildlife. Following the destruction of the Three Gorges Dam in China, Foundation plants within the Chinese government reported significant unrest within the party. There was immediate mobilization of military assets not affected by the floods, under the name of preparedness. Despite attempted Foundation intervention, much of China's military resources were relocated to Beijing, including at least 80 nuclear weapons. Multiple attempts were made by both Foundation and GOC diplomats to discourage the CCP from antagonizing or engaging SCP-6004, citing the failure of India's military during the Ganges attack, and potential fallout, but failed to make progress and were eventually barred from discussions with the Chinese government. Multiple plants remained within the party and continued to relay information to the Foundation and GOC. Rather than use further resources attempting to negotiate with China, it was determined that the Foundation would continue to prioritize the attempted containment of 6004 and the development of Project Mongoose. So, it seems that an unstoppable threat has started rampaging across the world in a rage against humanity, and humanity is damn sure trying to find a way to stop it. Keeping something like that under wraps was pretty much always going to be a lost cause, but the Foundation's usual MO in a situation like this is to neutralize the threat and then get things back to normal, through whatever means necessary. The only issue is if they can't neutralize the threat. It's very likely that nukes are going to make an appearance soon, and we'll just have to see how effective the Foundation's Project Mongoose is. Chances are that it's not Godzilla, but 